Good morning. It is so good to be back with the Freedom Tribe. <laughs> Worship is just getting gooder and gooder. Can I say it like that's an Arkansas? That'd be good. Yeah, gooder and gooder. Can we say that? Is that all right? And the Freedom Tribe is taking ground. Every tribe and tongue and nation. That's what this church looks like. It looks like heaven. Because if you don't like that, you may not end up in heaven. You know what? I, I, y'all could go sit down if you want to. Take a break. We might let the angels start playing here in a minute. And It's good to be back. This is, uh, as somebody said when I walked in earlier this morning, uh, welcome home. And I, I feel like this is my Arkansas home, so I'm back with family. And it's an honor to be here. I, I, uh, I want to introduce you all to someone. And if you've ever been to a Louisiana outpouring, you, you would have seen them. You'd have seen them uh, serving in the altars uh, in a very unobtrusive way, just serving and loving on God. Tim and Shannon Brooks are with me all the way from the greater New Orleans area. Amen. You can welcome them. Tim and Shannon are over healing room ministries for the state of Louisiana. And um, most of you may not know this, but uh, there's some folks that resurrected the old healing room ministries. Uh, there's some ties to what's happening with Bill Johnson and Jesus Culture and, uh, and different ones, but it's because the need is so great for healing that many churches are are training teams now just to pray for people during the week. They come in, all kinds of needs come in, and I know they get folks that drive from a long way just to come because somebody will pray for them. And they're seeing cancers healed. They're seeing God do all kinds of amazing things. So I'm blessed to have them with me today. Amen. And if you could just give me a second here. On the way here, God spoke something to Shannon that was pertinent to what was going to happen here this morning. And if I give you the mic, you have to give it back. <laughs> you know what's terrible is they call themselves my spiritual kids, and they're, they're not that far younger than me, so that makes me really, really old. <laughs> but come here, Shannon. I just want you to share that prophetic word God gave you on your way here. He is about 10 years older than us, aren't you? <laughs> As we were driving up here, I kept hearing the Holy Spirit saying nuances, nuances. And I'm like, what are you saying, Lord? And the Holy Spirit said, it's the ebb and flow of the Holy Spirit. It's the ebb and flow. It's the ebb and flow. I said, okay, God, but what are you saying in the moment right now with that? And he showed me a printout. You know, when a, when a woman's in labor nowadays, you can, you can look at the printout and see when the contractions peak. And he showed me that printout, and he said, you guys are going to be going to places 
where that contraction is just going to be peaking in the spirit. And then there might be places, you know, where it gets, there's a little bit there, but it's, and, and you know, he showed me that there's a birthing process and it's taking place right now. And it's happening in the natural and it's happening in the spirit. And here's the good part. This place was this huge peak on that graph. And he said, you're going to feel it. You're going to sense it. When you get there, there's something that I want to birth on the earth. And that birthing is, it's, it's a rebirth. It's a rebirth in, into, into water in the spirit. Like we, we get reborn in salvation. It's a, a new birth. But God wants us to go through a process of a rebirth into the things of the Spirit, the deeper things, a deeper covenant, a deeper communion with Him, a, a deeper consecration to the things of Him so that He has a vessel that His glory can pour out of. Open up your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 2. I want to give honor to you pastors. I love you guys. It's so good to see y'all again. Uh, Casey and I have been, been talking and visiting on the phone. We've been lifting up his dad in prayer. I know God's bringing him through uh, all of his trials, and we'll see him here again. Glory to God. Isn't God good? Amen. Proverbs chapter 2, beginning with verse 3. I'm, while you're turning there, I'm just going to set this up for you. Title of this message, I'm going to call it what, what I heard God say. Now I get alone with the Lord in December and I prepare for the coming year. I do not get on the Elijah list. I don't get in prophetic chat rooms. I don't read somebody else's book. I, I try to hear from God and get a message from heaven because those things are great and it's okay to be able to check on to see what other people are saying in the Lord. But I want to hear from heaven. I, just, I don't want to just regurgitate what somebody else is saying. Amen? So when I'm praying and God says, actionable intelligence. What? And most of y'all who've known me, I've been coming here for years, you, all, you know I already know that I'm crazy. And it's okay for you to be crazy too. As a matter of fact, you have permission to lose your mind. You need to lose your mind and get the mind of Christ because the world's uh, thinking is stinking and it ain't going to help you. So I'm, I'm used to God doing this to me, but st it still kind of takes me aback sometimes. So I'm going, okay, <laughs> what does that mean? And he sent me to search it out. So that's, gonna that's what I'm going to share with you this morning. Proverbs chapter 2, beginning with verse 3, reading all the way through verse 13. For if you cry for discernment, lift your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you, say, say me, then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright, and he's a shield to those who walk in integrity. Guarding the paths of justice, he preserves the way of his godly ones. Let me stop right there. You can choose today to be perverse or be preserved. 
You can choose today to be perverse or be preserved. Mm. You'll discern righteousness and justice and equity and every good course for wisdom will enter your heart. Knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will guard you. I want you to notice, uses the words like, like shield and guard. This is very important. Maybe you've never seen the correlation of wisdom and understanding being a shield and a guard. Do you believe with me that today we need the knowledge of the Lord more than ever before? And that one wrong decision can cost you. Oh, come on, somebody. Discretion will guard you. Understanding will watch over you to deliver you from the way of evil, from the man who speaks perverse things, and from those who leave the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord God, for this church. God, I thank you for the powerful presence of your spirit here this morning. Lord, for the joy that we feel here, for the hope that we feel here. God, I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for abundance and multiplication. I thank you, Lord, for the new churches being planted. Hallelujah. I thank you for the souls who are going to be saved, Father. So, Lord, prepare us for 2016, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said what? Amen. God is saying something today. He's not through with America. I have never had the hope that I have in my heart right now. I have the joy of the Lord, Pastor, and I have hope. Something's happening in me. I, I, Jesus is blowing up in me, y'all. I don't know about you, but he's blowing up in me. And I believe that this year, we know that last year was a Shemitah year. It was a year in the Hebrew calendar where it was a time to rest from planting. It was a time to rest from those labors, but it wasn't a time of the church being still. It was a time when God was preparing us for this year. And understand, whenever you're resting the fields, if a farmer's resting the field, I'm from Delta country down in that part of Louisiana. And if you rest your field, the farmer's not at rest. He's fixing his instruments. And uh, as a matter of fact, he's getting his plow sharpened up and getting everything tightened up. He's training new laborers. He's buying a new piece of property. He's tearing down old fences and stretching out his border. Amen, somebody? He's cutting down the tree line and pushing back and getting more land. So we've been getting ready, ready, ready for what God's about to do. This is the year when super harvest begins. If you're wondering why all of this seems to be happening and it seems to be speeding up and it's accelerating and the timetable is, Jesus is coming back soon. We better get busy. But the Lord is saying something to us right now. He's saying, while it is yet today, I want you to go to Ecclesiastes. We were in Proverbs. Go to Ecclesiastes. Just turn to the right there in your Bible. Go over to chapter 7, verse 12. I'm going to give you a lot of information very quickly, and then we're going to pray very specifically this morning and release what God's told us to release. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, look at verse 12. For wisdom is protection. Just as money is protection, now God's drawing a parallel here, look at this, but the advantage of knowledge is that wisdom preserves the life of its possessors. How many of you know that sometimes uh, you're in so much trouble that not even, ha if you had money by the bushel baskets, it couldn't help you? If you had bank accounts that were just exploding, if you had land, if you had investments, it couldn't help you, especially not the way that wisdom can help you. Oh, my Jesus. So wisdom is protection. It's in verse 13. Consider. Say consider. consider. 
The word consider means think carefully about something before making a decision. The meaning of this is people think money is protection, but knowledge and wisdom can save your life, and God is saying, think about it. Consider the work of God, for who is able to straighten what he has bent in the days of prosperity, be happy, but in the day of adversity, consider God has made the one as well as the other so that man will not discover anything that will be after him. There's an old gentleman by the name of Finest Dake. Anybody ever had a Dake's Bible? I've still got a Dake's Bible. That's the Bible with the super tiny print, okay, because he had a whole commentary right there in the Bible. My dad gave me one in 1976 when I went off to Bible college. He gave me a Dake's Bible because Dake was one of the guys who founded the Bible school that I went to over in Texas. And that man was, was amazing. And he wrote this about what we just read. He said, this is almost a universal question in every generation. Men are always seeking to excuse their own crimes and their own failures by using the present times as a scapegoat. I want you to back up. I'm going I'm to read the rest of his comment, but back up to verse 10 in this same chapter, chapter 7. Do not say, why is it that the former days were better than these? For it is not from wisdom that you ask about this. He went on to say here in his commentary this, in the former days, the times were just as trying. We might as well not be grappling and saying, you know what? Old time religion was better. Things were better. We always remember fondly those things, but we seem to forget that we had just as much trouble back then. Oh, come on, y'all. Help me out here a little bit. We ain't even got started yet. We just laying the foundation. Y'all going to roll with me here? All right. <laughs> he said, in former days, times were just as trying. Men were equally as wicked. Religion was as much spurned as now, but God has been the same in all ages. So the present is really the best time for us to live and make things better. And here's what I got out of that. God is saying it's time to live and make things better. It's time for the church to possess the ground that God has given you. Take back what the devil has stolen from you. So it, if we just groan and moan and complain about it, never do anything, we can sit here in these pews and go, oh, it's just so bad, it's so bad. And I, I tell you what, I actually ran into a young couple, a young couple not long ago, and they've got this, this, uh, this mentality, and I love them to death, but they, it's almost like we're just going to gather everybody in our church, and we're just going to kind of hide out right here, and we're just going to wait this thing. We're just going to be careful who we associate with, and we're not going to get out and do it. You know what? then you're, all you're going to have is right that. <sighs> Jesus went out among them. You're doing that. You're already hearing from God. Help me, Holy Ghost. Sir Francis Bacon was an English philosopher. Now, I'm just kind of I'm laying out the foundation. Just hang on with me. He said knowledge is power. That's where that phrase came from. But I'm going to give you what the Scripture says. The mind of the prudent acquires knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. If knowledge is power, we don't want just any knowledge. Now, I told you this is called actionable intelligence, right? How many of you know that there's disinformation out there? You go, <laughs> Darling, you can find anything on the Internet, and you can find some opposing opinions. Uh, I love Pastor John Kilpatrick from the Brownsville Revival, but if the first 10 things you pull up on John Kilpatrick says he's of the devil. Doesn't matter that, you know, millions of people went through Brownsville and, and, and over a quarter of a million people got saved 
And you know what? Maybe you'll have a right to criticize somebody after you've led 250,000 people to Jesus. And revivals have spun off from your revival. And then God gives you another revival in Mobile, Alabama, where people are getting healed. Maybe if you've done a few of those things, maybe you can speak to this situation. But other than that, just shut up. I'm feeling kind of froggy today. I might just jump. God is saying today, I've sent my prophets, I've sent my word, I've given you signs, you must listen, you must discern, you must understand, but it's not enough for you to just have knowledge. You've got to act on the knowledge that God has given you. It's not enough for you to sit in this church and listen to good preaching and good teaching and just talk to one another about it. God wants you to act on it in your home, in your family, in your business, and he wants you to take back the land. Okay. Now we're getting somewhere. 2 Timothy chapter 2, still on this word consider, says, consider what I say for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. So here's what God said to me. Tell my people that we are entering into a time of mobilization and bold acts in my name. So I hear God say actionable intelligence. I didn't know what that meant. I had to look it up. And I found out both in the corporate world, Casey, and in the military world, there's a corporate application that is used actually by people who, who move in your field. And it's really all about taking over other businesses. It's all about finding out what your competitor is doing. So let me just kind of give you this just a little bit here. Back in World War, excuse me, before that, in 1882, there was something formed called the ONI, the Office of Naval Intelligence. Here's why. All over the world... In industry was springing up. America had competitors. Spies were coming into America. The spy game is an old game. How many of y'all know that it's been back in the Bible days there were spies? How many of you know that God had spies? How many of you know that God still has spies? <laughs> to spy out the land, and he has watchmen. So they developed that. That was followed by, O&I was followed by D&I, the Department of Naval Intelligence, uh, OSS in World War II, that became uh, the CIA. Now we have, if somebody asks you, what are the intelligence agencies that are just in the United States? We know that Russia had the KGB and the FSB, and we've heard about Interpol, and we've heard about MI5 and MI6 over in Great Britain. How many intelligence you know, offices and organizations do you think there are in America? Two, three, most of us say maybe five or six at the most. I started studying this, and I found out there are 17 different intelligence agencies in the United States. That's the ones we know about. If I asked you how many special op units are, everybody, everybody, oh, SEAL team, you know, uh, Delta Force, uh, Marine Recon, Army Rangers, you know, Green Berets. Uh, you know, we've got five or six of them there. Guess what? There's 22 of them. I'm just talking about America. There are 17 intelligence agencies that are sending out operatives just to gather information. There's 22 units assigned to those 17 agencies uh, just to act out on the information that they bring in. Are y'all still with me? Everybody's been upset about the NSA mining our data. They're reading your emails. They're listening to your cell phone conversations. That smartphone, yes, it is much smarter than you. Siri is scary. I don't like it when my cell phone suddenly comes on and says, what can I do for you? 
Come out. <laughs> That's what you can do for me. And get out of my car, too. They're looking for knowledge. They have two different terms that they use that actually are not well known in America, but when they talk amongst themselves, they do something called sweep the swamp. That's when they're gathering all the data. It's called human, H-U-M-I-N-T, human intelligence, people on the ground, boots on the ground, people knocking on doors, people talking to people, and then they've got, they're gathering in the cell phone stuff. Pastor Tim, they're, they're pulling everything out of the sky. They're gathering, I mean, they're reading all our paper trails. They probably know how much toilet paper you buy. They know, how, they know what toilet paper you like. So they sweep the whole swamp, and then they sift the swamp. Y'all still with me? I'm talking about where we're living right now. To find out what is the data that they need. Am I right or am I wrong? Strategic operatives and operations then are set in motion. Strategic means of or relating to special or general plans created to achieve a specific goal, either in the political realm, in the corporate realm, or in the military realm, to be essential and effective and put together a coordinated plan of action aimed toward an intended objective. I know this is a lot of words. Hang with me. And to change the balance of power in nations, entities, protagonists. They gather this data so they can be effective and figure out what their course is because here is the definition of actionable intelligence. Are you ready? Actionable intelligence means this. Information with a practical and relevant application, especially for strategies for business planning, the political realm, especially in times of war. It is information that helps you sift through the data, identify elements pertinent to your group or your entity's situation. Wait for it. Information that can be acted on with the further implication that it should be acted on. What happens whenever you get that data that says you should act and you don't act? That's where the problem lies. That's where the tipping point is. When we know that we should do something and we don't do it, to him who knows to do good and does it not, to him it's a sin. Okay. I hadn't lost you, have I? Here's noteworthy. In the rise of global terrorism, it's brought back a new dynamic of sharing relevant data sometimes. Intel through the intelligence community and nation is never before just to try to defeat terrorism. But the church of Jesus Christ is warring with one another. We're warring with denominations. We're warring with churches across the street or across the city from us. Come on, somebody. We're so busy, and businesses are so busy just trying to pick each other's pocket Instead of coming up with a new idea theirself, oh, come on, y'all. Instead of looking around at what's happening and making a decision based on this is what needs to happen and we can do this, uh, and churches uh, who are jealous of other churches are not kingdom-minded. I hope I get to come back. I think y'all like me. Hosea 4.6 says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. 
Now it's getting quiet in here. Y'all was amen to me, so stay with me, please. Our lack of knowledge, discernment, and understanding has placed the church in grave danger and our families as well. God is still speaking, but are we listening? God is still speaking, but are we obeying? If God is giving us actionable intel, I want you to go to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. If God is speaking to us and he's telling the church what he wants to do, why was what happened just a few moments ago important in praying for a young girl that, I don't, I don't even know, how old are you, kid? Sage, how old are you? 16? You look like you're 13. Okay, but that's, look, trust me, when you're 30, that's going to be good. So, because when you get my age and you look like a retread tire, I mean, you know what I'm saying? You would die to have somebody, you, you look 35. Well, thank you. It's the fat. It keeps the wrinkles filled out. Thank you. <laughs> Colossians chapter 1, verse 9, and here is where we're going to bring something to this church. Colossians 1, verse 9. For this reason, since the day we heard it, and I'm going to use this as a prayer for you, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you, say me, may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects, bearing fruit, oh, praise God, in every work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience, joyously and giving thanks to the Father who's qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in life. I just gave you some divine intelligence because I forgot to tell you, I also work for an intelligence agency. Tim and Shannon work for an intelligence agency. It's the DIA, the Divine Intelligence Agency. We work hand in hand in a collaborative effort with angels. What was Paul saying here? He said, I've heard from God. I'm praying for an impartation of the knowledge of God for you, where you will have spiritual wisdom and understanding of God's will. Why? So here's what God is saying to this church. Did you catch that? Knowledge from God that will qualify you for service. We just read this. That will make us fruitful in him to bear fruit, to give us increase up and be filled with wisdom and understanding, to strengthen us with glorious might and power, that in him there will be an impartation of steadfastness. We won't be wishy-washy, but we'll be, we'll be dialed in. Come on, somebody. Steadfastness, patience, and joyous thanksgiving, and we'll secure your inheritance and help you to understand who you are in God. That was the download that Paul got that he shared strategy from heaven for you to obtain your objective and make you effective in God. Anybody ever heard of Charles Spurgeon? Charles Spurgeon said this, wisdom is the right use of knowledge. To know is not to be wise. Many men know a great deal. I'm giving you his quote. And are all the greater fools for it. There is no fool so great a fool as a knowing fool. But how to use knowledge is to have wisdom. 
Paul said this to Timothy, consider, there's that word again, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 7, consider what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. In 2 Timothy 3, 7, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Do you see both extremes here? If you consider what God says uh, and what he's saying to you even today, uh, he'll give you understanding about everything. He'll give me understanding about what's happening in my children's lives right now or what's happening in my grandkids. I'll understand what's attacking our school system. I'll understand what's motivating politicians, really motivating them. I will understand what's happening in the earth. I will know what the will of God is. I'll have divine knowledge from God that is actionable intelligence that not only suggests that I should act on it, but will give me power to be effective and an overcomer and to take ground for Jesus. I, can you tell I'm excited? <sighs> if we, the church, the kingdom, has actionable intelligence, if we have the truth, then we need to act on the truth we know. We're going, God, show me something. We ain't even acting on what we know. How long has this church been, been a church, roughly? 17 years. Your mom did an incredible work in founding this church. It's grown spiritually to this point. Can I say to you, I've been coming here since when Sister Eileen Pinson was here. And I was here the last few years of her life. I've been privileged to be able to come and sow seed here and watch God do things and come back and rejoice and see how y'all have grown in God and how the Word has grown in your life and, 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 and the, the teaching that you've had here. But, I, but when I came this weekend, there's something so markedly different about this church than when I was here last. And I've seen this church in high times and low times, uh, but what you're doing right now, you're finally getting to the place where seed that's been sown for years and prayers that have been prayed for years. Uh, you acted on the intel God gave you. Are, are y'all still with me? You're now coming to the place where you're beginning to reap the benefits of that and doors are being opened by God. Come on, somebody. The, the barriers and the walls are coming down. <laughs> barriers and walls are coming down between the races. Barriers and walls are coming down. Favor is coming from civic leaders and community people. I want you to understand, you're in a very significant place uh, right now to act on what God has told you, uh, and you better act on it because if you don't act on it, somebody will. You're either going to give the ground back to the devil uh, or you can take it for God yourself. But you've heard everything that you need to hear. You've been taught what you needed to be taught. You've prayed, you prayed, you prayed, but there comes a time to move. There comes a time to walk this thing out. There comes a time to act on what you know, to act on the power that's been released into you. Why you been coming up here and asking for all these spiritual gifts if you ain't going to use them? Why don't you start prophesying? Why don't you start healing the sick? Why don't you pray for people in the grocery line? Why don't you pray for them at the car wash? God just told me your hip was hurting, and then somebody's washed their car. They're wondering whether they should spray you or not. How did you know my hip was hurting? Well, I served God. God just told me that your hip was hurting. God just told how, how could you? God told me. And if God told me, then I think maybe we ought to act on it. Can I pray for you? I'm looking at every one of you. I'm trying to, you can't hide. Ah. 
God told Moses to send 12 spies into Canaan land. Ten came back and gave bad intel. Two came back, Joshua and Caleb. Y'all still with me? And there's somebody here named Joshua and Caleb? I thought so. Joshua, you know there's got to be a lot of Joshua and Caleb sermons preached here. Am I right, boys? Am I right? Yeah. Okay. And every time somebody would probably read Joshua out of the Bible or Caleb, half the church would turn around and go, and just look at you real I'm a preacher's kid. I know what it's like, you know. Your name's in the Bible. And you're going, I know. Heard it all my life. But Joshua and Caleb came back, and they gave good intel. Yes, there are giants in the land. Yes, there are, there are things that we're going to have to overcome. Yes, there are many fortress cities. But God has showed us that there's grapes as big as your head. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. It's ripe for the taking. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Moses, because they, the people believed the bad report, they wept all night long. Everybody got discouraged because uh, the spies gave a bad report. They didn't listen to Joshua and Caleb. They listened to the bad intel. How many of y'all know that in the church today there's a lot of misinformation and disinformation meant to divide us to conquer us? Y'all better come together. You better get down with this. This, these new works that the church is doing, you better get with it. There, there needs to be laborers for every one of these so that we can see the harvest. If you're not going, if you're not helping, you better step up. They ain't talk to me about this. I'm just telling you what I'm hearing the Holy Spirit saying. He's saying, this is me. This is God. Get with the program. Now, Joshua learned something. <laughs> In the very first chapter... It starts out, remember what the Lord spoke to Moses, his servant, and now God is speaking to you, Joshua, be strong and be courageous. And so what does Joshua do when he sends out spies in the land? He didn't send 12, he sent two. Does anybody here believe with me that those two dudes were like handpicked? They were probably preacher's kids. Just saying. What? No, amen? You ain't got my back? What's up with this? So we flash forward. Joshua sends two. They come back and they say, yes, here's what Jericho's like. Da, da, da. And not only that, a harlot helped us. Wow, what a breakthrough. Glory to God. He comes back. God says, circumcise the people again. Sanctify my people. Why is it a new work? She was talking about being re rebirth, reborn. I didn't know that was going to tie into that. There are times we need to repent and do our first works over again. We need a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. We need to sanctify. I sanctify myself before God for what's coming this year. I have an expectation this year. I've already seen God do it. If you didn't see me pull up out there, I have been coming to this church for years in hoopty rides. I don't, I don't know if I remember the last time I was here, if I was driving, the, I, had a, I had a 2003 Ford Explorer for just about a year and a half. But before that, I was driving a 98 Buick. Like year before last, I was driving a 98 Buick. I would pull in, people would say, is that gold dust on you? I said, no, the headliner's just breaking down and falling. 
Straight up hoopty. I mean, you know, bailing wire duct tape. Just, you know, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Anybody feel me? You know that last week God gave me a 2008 Dodge Ram. It, it is the glory of God blue. It's out there out right now. With 100,000 miles on it. And it's got a Hemi. It goes zoom, zoom. It was literally the little old lady from Pasadena's story. It was a little old gentleman. He drives one 100,000 miles, and he brings it back, and he keeps it in the garage all the time. It, I mean, I'm seriously, it looks like it's Jesus. So God told Joshua what to do. He circumcised the people. He sanctified them. They step into the water. The priests do. The water supernaturally rolls back. Uh, God comes. Uh, uh, the captain of the host comes. Jesus said, look, here's the deal. Seven. Remember that number. Seven priests. Seven trumpets. Seven times. You got it? Here's the intel. This is what you need to do. They did seven, seven, seven. Shaboom. Only Rahab and her family were saved. There is a detailed intelligence report to take Crosset, to take Hamburg, to go down and take Bastrop back for Jesus. Come on, somebody. There needs to be a living work down there. There's a divine intelligence report from God right now. He will give you the strategy to take the land. Do you believe that? Are you ready to take back what the devil has stolen? Are you ready to take back your children that have fallen into drugs? Ready to see God get a hold of that spouse? Come on, somebody. Israel acted on the intel, and they took the land. And I'm, I brought all that to bring you to this. I want you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I told you about who you are. The right intel makes all the difference in the world, but only if you act on it. Only if you act on it. God is speaking to you this morning. We're in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. If you know anything about this chapter, it is showing the difference between what the Greeks call pneumatikos and suchikos, the spirit or the flesh. Pneumatikos was the flesh, the works of the flesh, thinking like the flesh, having the mind of the flesh. Suchikos was the mind of Christ, the mind of the spirit. Are you still with me? So when Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I say, I'm asking God to open your understanding in some areas that You've heard verses read, but maybe it never really clicked with you. I'm praying for it to click today. Paul says in chapter 2, verse 4, My message, my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. Hallelujah. Jump over to verse 12. The whole chapter is good, but I've got to move. Verse 12, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, we have not received pneumaticos, but the Spirit who is from God, that we may know the things freely given to us by God, which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. A, a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, their foolishness to him. He cannot understand them because they're spiritually appraised. But he who is spiritual, spiritual, say spiritual appraises all things, yet he himself is appraised by no one who has known the mind of the Lord that he will instruct him, but we have. Can I just pray this over you? I just declare that we have the mind of Christ this morning. 
So how does that relate to here, preacher? Luke chapter 24, Jesus gathers his disciples. He says, look, I'm going to have to go away. But I'm sending you somewhere. There's something you need to get ready for. I want you to go tarry in Jerusalem until you receive power. You're endued with power from on high. Here's the intel. Something's coming. Someone is coming. But if you don't go, you're not going to receive it. If you don't go, he's not going to come dwell in you. So here's the intel. Go and tarry. How long? He didn't tell them. Go and pray. Go and tarry. History tells us that over 500 people saw Christ ascend when he was giving this intel. Only 120 must have really believed him. Only 120 acted on the intelligence that came from heaven. Now are you hearing where I'm at? Only 120. See, you can sit here this morning. I'm fixing to dial down on you. You can sit here this morning and amen me and nod your heads and smile and, and it seems like we're connecting and the Holy Spirit is going out and the word is going into you, but it is not enough for you to hear. You must act on what you have heard. They believed the word that they heard. He told them, tarry in Jerusalem till you're going to be endued with power from on high. Later on in the book of Acts chapter 1, what does he say? I love this. Whew. You will receive power after the Holy Ghost comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses, and you're going to go everywhere, and the power of God's going to be with you if you go and tarry, if you do what I'm telling you to do. Only 120 believed it enough to act on it. Only 120 believed it enough to obey God. So you can say you're listening this morning. You can amen. You can nod your heads. You can seem like we seem like we're connecting with this thing. But my friend, I want to tell you, I go to churches all the time where people do all of those same things, uh, and they'll get up and sing the worship songs, uh, and they'll dance to the worship music, uh, and we seem to be affected by it, uh, and go right out the door of that church and live a different lifestyle. To whom much knowledge is given, much is required. I told my team on the way up here, I said, you're going to love this church. And when I use this phrase, this is a good phrase. This, I said, it's wide open. <laughs> By that, I mean y'all are hitting on all cylinders. They know what that means. I said they love to worship, they love to pray, they believe in holiness, which I'm going to just be honest with you, nine-tenths of the churches we seem to find ourselves in, I'm preaching the message of holiness, and they're looking at me and scratching their heads, they're like, what? I said these folks know that holiness is power. Come on. But it's not enough for you to be a member of this church. It's not enough even for you to tithe in this church. Not enough for your family to attend here. It's not enough for you to go to the church picnic. What are you going to do when you walk out the doors? How are you going to impact your world? How are you going to impact this city? How are you going to impact your family? Are you going to act on the word that you've heard? Are you just a say-so Christian? Or are you one of God's secret agents? 
Help me, Father God. Daniel and the Hebrew children were held captive in Babylon, and this is actually where we're at. If you don't know it, the church is in captivity right now. If you don't believe it, then you really aren't dialed in on the info. You really need to see how things have shifted. Back in the 70s and 80s, a candidate being born again could get him voted in. But now it would be better for you if you were Muslim. It would be better for you to be Buddhist than to be a Christian running for office today. What's happened in our school systems? I got to preach at a high school assembly in a public school last week. You want me to tell you why? The school was in crisis. A coach had done some things that were inappropriate. Another thing that happened was that many students had committed suicide in the past year. I mean, they were losing their best and their brightest. They called me in because they knew I wouldn't mince words. I got to meet the principal. I got to meet the new coach. They're inviting me into their offices. They're going, listen, we want spiritual leaders to come to the public school, and we have okayed it with our school board. You come in. I said, well, do you want me to not say the name? Because most of them say, now, don't, just don't say Jesus' name. Just talk about good things. No. They said, you can say anything you want to. That's favor. But you got to understand, that's Daniel favor. Because we're in Babylon. But when crisis comes, can I check? This is how God can strategically place you as a Holy Ghost operative in a world that's buying into a world system. God will insert you into the lineup. Can I just say to you right now, every last one of y'all, invade the political system. Invade the school system. Let heaven invade earth through you. Become an operative for the DIA, for the Divine Intelligence Agency and insert Jesus into the lineup. So guess what I preached on? I preached, I preached Jesus the power to deliver you from the spirit of suicide. I preached about cutting. Oh, yeah, I went there. These students were like, I've never heard a preacher talk about that. Can I tell you, I, I gave an altar call before I ever preached at a church in South Texas, Pastor, God said, I want you to give an altar call for cutters. There were only 60 people in the church. It was a nighttime service. You know, I, I give an altar call for cutters. I thought maybe one. Eleven teenagers came up. The church were looking around like, these are their sons and daughters. These are their grandkids. These are their nieces and nephews. That They had no idea why they were keeping their sleeves rolled down. When a child is looking in a mirror and they're so full of rage and they're so full of self-loathing that they are literally destroying their own body and cutting themselves with box cutters and broken glass or even marking themselves with their fingernails, that demon spirit of wounds and rage and things that have been done. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? I got to go there at a public high school. And they begin to come forward, tears rolling down their eyes. And we got to pray with them individually and corporately. Many of them asked Jesus to come into their heart and be their Savior. And the school secretary and the principal and the coach said, you can come back anytime you want to. 
Don't tell me it can't be done. We're in Babylon, but in Babylon, God gave Daniel and the Hebrew children. Did he give them a strategy? He showed them, if, you will, if you'll abstain from those things, separate yourself from the world. I'll be with you. I'll even walk with you through the fire. I'll even be with you in the lion's den. So even if in America the laws turn against Christianity, God will preserve you in a perverse nation. Uh, he will preserve you. So you can be perverse like them or you can be the preserved. Don't get discouraged by what's happening in America and all of the sin that we hear about and the witchcraft and, and all of the murders and the terrorism. Uh, don't become discouraged. Uh, be the light and be the salt. That's you. That's you. That's you. young person here today. Be the secret agent at your school. Walk down the halls, pray over the lockers. Just, dra you know, just trail your hand across the lockers speaking in tongues. Do some shun dies. They'll come, they'll, come out of their, they'll come out of their classroom and they'll be talking to their friends. They'll go to open their locker and go fall out in the spirit. Start weeping, crying. Go back to your business. Go back to the place you work. Uh, don't grab about the business. Don't grab about the you ain't had a raise in a while. Start walking around. Uh, even get your anointing oil uh, and rub it. Go to the machine shop. Rub it on all the tools. Rub it on the CNC machine. Jesus. They made an appeal to heaven. Revelation came. Heaven's stream of intel to Daniel increased, listen to this, and progressed until it changed from just knowledge for his daily survival, him and the Hebrew children, to understanding the future and eternal implications for us. The data stream grew so much in Daniel that he had things to say to you and me. Time to get clued in. It's time that we don't have clueless churches anymore. So here's the word God gave me for 2016. So he tells me this actionable intelligence, and I, I study it out. Casey, I looked it all up. I've just shared that with you. And I'm still praying, and God gives me this. Those of you who know me know that as I function prophetically, I don't function like some. I do hear from God. I'm not usually a personal prophecy guy that just goes down the line and gives everybody a personal prophecy. Most of the time when God uses me in the prophetic, I see the bigger picture. God shows me things that are going to happen corporately in the earth and in the kingdom of God and direction and purpose and even events that are going to take place, whether they be crisis or whether they be blessing and revival. Are y'all still listening? So many times God uses me in a visual way. Now, y'all, please pardon me. There's two big changes going on in my life. I'm losing weight, so I have to keep putting the mic down because I have not, uh, I'm so vain, I haven't bought suspenders yet. <laughs> this is what he's got to work with. That's... If, if God can use a donkey, he can use me. 
And don't laugh too hard because that means he can use you too. And yes, my hair is longer. And I'll tell you why I'm growing my hair out. Not because I'm trying to be, I'm not, I don't want to go back to the disco age. That's not it. That's not it. I'm going to have a conference for holy Nazarites later this year, so I'm getting ready for my illustrated sermon. And then I'm cutting it because, ladies, I don't know how you do this every day, right? Blow dryer and pff. Mama used to tease her hair. Mine teases back. Mine goes like that. Like, so I just, I'm looking forward to jail time again. I'm done. All right. Uh, no, no, that's not holy laughter. I know the difference. But there is joy in the house. There is joy. Hallelujah. Now the holy laughter may start. <laughs> I knew I shouldn't let Rodney Howard Brown pray for me. Okay. Smile. <laughs> Happens in Marcerillo things too, doesn't it? Yeah. Sure does. Outpourings too. So I saw something visual. I saw God handing me a bullet. I hadn't got to hunt for the last few years, but I, I, I love hunting. And it was a rifle bullet. But it was something I'd never seen before. He's handing me one bullet, and he's, he's handing it to me. And the moment that I see it, suddenly I realize that I am leaning on the ground, and I've got a sniper rifle in front of me. Okay. He said, here, I designed this round myself. When I put, picked it up in my hand, it had a conical spire-shaped bullet, you know, round pointed tip bullet, in a square case, a square cartridge. It was seated in something that was rectangular. It had four walls. And he said, I designed this. I'll give you each round one at a time. You're at a point where I tell you to point. You're to shoot when I tell you to shoot. And he said, this is a 48 caliber bullet. Now, all of you Bubba Redneck deer hunters who are I said the same thing. I said, Lord, ain't no such thing as a 48 caliber bullet. And he said, yes, it is. I just handed it to you. <laughs> he said, I call it a four-square New Jerusalem bullet. I had to call my uh, prophet friend of mine and call him up and, and run this by him. I, I said, you know, I know about the four-square gospel. I heard, you know, Amy Simple McPherson, and there was a denomination named there. He goes, Paul, no, 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 no. He goes, the four-square is the gospel of Jesus Christ. He said, it's about Jesus who is our Savior, Jesus who is our healer, Jesus who is our baptizer, and Jesus who is our soon-coming king. It's Jesus, and it's the truth of the gospel about Jesus. And I'm going, cool. So then I start looking up Foursquare in the Bible. 
because he said it's the New Jerusalem bullet, right? Foursquare was what they called the courtyard of the temple. Foursquare was what they called the girdle of the priest and the breast that held the umim and thumim. I think that's how you say that. <laughs> called it foursquare. M much of the furniture built in the, in the tabernacle in the wilderness was built to a foursquare design. Are y'all following me so far? The holy city, New Jerusalem in heaven, is called foursquare. So I'm going, okay, now you're blowing my mind, God. What's going on with this? He said, you load it, son, and you shoot it. And when you shoot it, you're going to shoot at hard targets. Hardened targets where things have been hiding behind walls and nothing could penetrate. He said, my truth is going to go like a bullet. It's going to burst right through it, and it's going to take out the threat that's on the other side of it. Uh, he said, they, they have not, I heard God say, they haven't seen this kind of bullet since John the Baptist and the days of Acts where the word of God was so powerful. Remember when Stephen spoke. Remember when Philip preached. Remember when Peter preached. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When John the Baptist was preaching, uh, it went forth with authority. Uh, it broke through the fallacies. It broke through the lies. Uh, it broke through the resistance of the Pharisees. Uh, it pierced to the hearts of men. Uh, and God is telling me this. Then he says, uh, and you're going to anoint spotters and shooters. Spiritual watchman, windage and elevation, drift, temperature. Okay, fire. A sniper who shoots. This is that other revelation you said was coming. Here it is. Snipers shoot by learning their own rhythm of their own body and their own heartbeat. And they're so under control that they're either taught to shoot with the next heartbeat or in between. And with that kind of precision and that kind of control, they're so dialed in that we have records of people being killed over a mile away by a sniper because his whole body was under control. And what God is about to do in the earth is raise up people who have the heartbeat of God. Your heart beats to the rhythm of heaven. And almost with that breath, you fire. Only, Jesus said, I only speak the words that my Father tells me to speak. Here's your bullet. Don't give your opinion. Say what I told you to say. People are being terrorized behind that wall. He's coordinating the intel between the spotters and the shooters, apostles, teachers, evangelists, and he's given us an effective plan of action. This is a year for mobilization. This is a year for bold acts, and I'm going to finish with this. Why do you think they called it the book of Acts? Their deeds, they didn't just talk a good game. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk.
demons screaming when they walked down the street because they couldn't, they couldn't be silent because the presence of God was so strong on them. Shadows healing people. People rising up from the dead. They did the works of Christ. I'm challenging you. Would you stand with me, please? Could I get somebody to come back to the keyboard? Could you come back to the keyboard, kiddo? Just start praying. Do you believe that, that we can hear from heaven? Do you believe God has something special for you to do? Some of you have families that have been taken captive by the devil. And you're part of the special forces team God is putting together to liberate them. There are things going on at your job that you know are demonic. Entrenched fortresses, strongholds of the enemy. I know y'all have mapped out your city. I know that this church is a house of prayer. So you know what you're up against. So I have come from God with an intelligence report for you. It's time to move out. It's time to take ground. I'm confirming what the Lord has told you. This is the time. This is the moment. Everybody here has a part in it. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. And I want you to consider. I believe God has told me to anoint. And I believe that the Lord is going to give you truth and give you the words to say for your situation. Others of you, Father God, y'all pray, 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 pray. Keep praying. Let's just wait on the Lord. If this is a year of mobilization and bold acts, bold deeds, boldness is what we're going to pray. I believe you've heard from heaven. I believe God's been giving you Holy Ghost downloads all along. It's not enough for you to know. We're coming to the place in time that if you don't act on what you know, you're going to be held accountable because you did not act on actionable intelligence. Did you hear what I said? Father, I release the spirit of the fear of the Lord right now. What is it that you have not done that you know God wants you to do? It's not enough to just attend this church. What are you doing about what's happening all around you?
Christianity has been taken captive by Babylon every bit as much as the Hebrews were taken captive by Babylon. The harlotry of Babylon still lives. The Jezebel spirit still lives. The spirit of Antichrist was in the earth. Even in the New Testament, they talked about it. It was already operating. Uh, that is our rival intelligence agency. And that spirit of Antichrist has been busy in the earth uh, until it's taken away our kids' schools. Uh, it's taken away our politicians. Uh, it's taken away many churches uh, that once were on fire for Jesus uh, who've decided to, uh, to preach a, uh, a gospel of tolerance uh, for homosexuality uh, and has brought in every kind of worldly sin they're calling it love but if you really love somebody you tell them the truth well even though we're in Babylon our deliverer is coming there's a heavenly assault team that's on the way one day justice will come to Babylon he who rides a white horse. Y'all were singing about him. The spirit of justice is coming. But you and I, you and I are the boots on the ground right now. You and I are the pre-invasion force. And we're listening. We're gathering more intel. We're reporting to God and to one another. And we're getting ready to launch. I'm going to give you about 30 seconds more to get up here. If you know you're supposed to be a part of what God is doing. And you need holy boldness to act on what you've already known. Moses said, how can I go? I stutter. He said, what will I say to them? And God said, tell them the I am sent you. I am that I am. The ultimate authority. So when you stand up here, you're saying yes to God. I'm here to recruit. I'm going to pray prophetic unction on you, my team and I. But we're also going to pray for the gift of boldness. After we do that, if there's anybody that needs healing in their body, we're going to pray for the sick. Amen? Amen. Let's worship a little bit before we start praying. Will you just worship? Let's do this in an attitude of worship. Go. Worship. Worship. Come on, exalt him, exalt him.
Come on, pray, pray, pray. Press in. There are some of you who have said, I don't know why we haven't seen any movement in this. Lord, I've prayed and I've prayed and I've prayed. The Lord wants you to know he's going to give you a word to declare. And that word will go forth and break and shatter and pierce through you believe God can tell you exactly what you need to say and how you need to pray? Do you believe God can do that? Do you believe God can give you a strategy for your family? That he'll hear us from heaven today. I'm about to release them to pray, and I'm going to start praying. I'm going to need ushers with them and ushers with me. At first, we're going to move very quickly through you, and we're going to pray and release this. But before we do... I need you to pray something with me. Can we make sure that our hearts are right? I don't want to be praying spiritual gifts on you and power and authority on you. You must live a blameless life. Your heart must beat for your king, for your commander-in-chief. You must follow his word. So I want you to pray this out loud with me. We're going to pray a prayer of brokenness and repentance. If something has been in your life, if you've been saying things you shouldn't say, doing things you shouldn't do, looking at things you shouldn't look at, this is the time to turn it over to God. I want everybody supporting everybody else. Let's pray it together. Will you do that? Let's do that. Heavenly Father, I humble myself completely before you. Have mercy on me, O oh God. I repent and I renounce the things of this world, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride, bitterness, selfishness. Forgive me, Jesus. I plead your blood over my mind, my body, and my spirit, and I declare that Jesus is Lord over my life live in me speak through me use me for your glory starting today I am yours and I'm ready to take back everything 
that Satan has stolen from me. And I'll give Jesus the praise. Amen.